Hi, this is Laura, and a big hello to our podcast subscribers. Hi. And if you haven't officially hit the subscribe button yet, please do so at your favorite podcast app. You can also watch the show now on public television. Check your local listings for the day and time, or watch the premiere each week on the World Channel, Sundays at 11.30 a.m., Eastern. We're also live on YouTube. The show remains ad-free thanks to you and especially to our Patreon partners. Feeling left out? Join them at patreon.com forward slash the LF show and become one of our possibility making partners for as little as $3 a month. You are the wind at our backs. We couldn't do this without you. Thanks. Now on with this week's show. Hi, I'm Laura, and this is The Laura Flanders Show, a TV and radio program that shines a light on the solutions of tomorrow today. We report on the people and movements driving systemic change from the worlds of politics, arts, and entrepreneurship. First of all, Sullivan County is an an exquisitely beautiful place. Sullivan County is this very gorgeous rural area of New York. We have a very eclectic group of people here, all different religions, all different backgrounds. The people of Sullivan County have a really uh, strong sense of place, a really strong identity with where they live and with the Catskills. The landscape, it's what keeps me here. I live right in front of a lake and it's gorgeous. I have intentionally raised my family in this wonderful community over the last quarter of a century. You have the beauty of really knowing your neighbor, knowing the neighborhood, people knowing you, and there's a great sense of solidarity in that. There is a divide in the county. It's a county of extremes. It's a county of beauty and ugliness. We witness farm workers and workers in food processing plants deemed essential workers, but not essential human beings. In a mesa approximately 10 people, and that's not good. The pandemic has forced everybody to pull that curtain back and to look, and now we have to see the reality of where we are. The COVID-19 crisis hit New York City. I came up here to Sullivan County, a rural county, just two hours north, where I've had a cabin for more than 30 years. After a few weeks, I started noticing that the numbers here were rising and the incidence rate per head of population was actually higher than that in Manhattan in New York City. To find out what was going on, I got my trusty mask and a super long selfie stick and went to find out. I'm Jen Metzger, and I am a state senator, New York State Senator, representing the 42nd District. It spans two regions, the Hudson Valley and Catskills regions. It covers four counties. Sullivan is the only whole county within the district, and it also covers parts of Ulster, Orange, and Delaware counties. I have an important role to play right now in the state Senate because the vast majority of the legislators in the Democratic majority represent urban and suburban areas. I view it as my mission really to kind of educate colleagues on the challenges and opportunities that we have in our rural areas in New York and make sure that our concerns are prioritized. Would it be fair to say that you might have started this year feeling pretty 
cheery about the direction the county was going in, the district? Yes, absolutely. Lots of things were happening. They were seeing a huge increase in tourism. They just had this past year the uh, celebration of the 50th anniversary of Woodstock, which was a really big deal for the county, brought millions and millions of people to Sullivan County. So yeah, we were doing great. I'm Sabrina Artell, and I live in Liberty, New York, here in Sullivan County. I have a project called Trailer Talk. Pre-pandemic, I would be getting my travel trailer ready, the beeline ready. I would be uh, thinking about where I could be in the community, what kinds of events, and really by being at those events could address and be in conversation about different issues. So this is all kind of coming into this season. And then by the middle of March, we had our shutdown. Well, my name is Carlos Orellana. I'm originally from El Salvador, and I live in uh, Liberty, New York. But my pay job is a, as a union organizer with United Food and Commercial Workers Union. Finally, last year, uh, Governor Cuomo signed the new law giving farm workers, agricultural workers, the right to unionize and to be represented. So this year, I was assigned to be one of the organizers working with farm workers. And were you excited about that? I was excited, and you know, in January and February, and then, you know, we got here with the pandemic, so I've been home for the last couple of months. In Sullivan County, in the beginning of March, we were happy that we didn't see that many numbers, positive cases, but then in April, we started to see more and more and more. My name is Sandra Oxford. I live in Hurleyville, New York. And I've lived here in the Catskill Mountains for about 30 years. I've been a labor activist for half of that time. Since COVID-19 began making its way into what has traditionally been a poultry and food processing corridor for New York City and other metropolitan areas, all of the food processors have workers that have turned up COVID positive. All of the food processors have parts of the food processing plant that has been identified as having been infected. That's a real issue right now because we have people who are well, who are going into these environments that are making them sick. There is a divide in the county. It's a county of extremes. It's a county of beauty and ugliness. If we're looking at demographics, there's a huge, a massive challenge with poverty. It's the now the third unhealthiest county in the state of New York. It was the second after the Bronx. So there are real issues that one may think of as being urban issues, but we have them here and we have them in rural America. And what's happened now is that these inequalities have become more extreme. It's been incredibly, incredibly challenging. Tourism uh, was really a driver in the economy. That essentially shut down. Businesses like the casino and the water park, which employ many, many hundreds of people, had to close down. But also all of the smaller non-essential businesses during this pandemic, mom and pop businesses in our small towns, we're getting so many calls from people like trying to get unemployment insurance, just 
you know, in really struggling. Steve Swenson, owner-operator, Midway Farms. In 1996, we sold our milk cows because it just didn't pay. So from there, we went more or less to a beef operation. Now, because all the beef markets have shut down, we're kind of really out of business. We touch topics from LGBTQ rights. This is um, free thinking. So expression is freedom. And this is actually one of our best sellers. It's they tried to bury us. They didn't know we were seeds. People love this one. I love it because it's true. My name is Juanita. I am a coordinator for a youth empowerment program in Sullivan County, New York through an organization called Rural and Migrant Ministry. During the summer, that's when everyone gets a job. You're 15 years old and up, you're working. And not being able to work, all the camps are closed, all the concert halls are closed, the theaters. So, so many people have lost their jobs, but then so many people can't have the choice to not go to work because they still have to pay rent they still need to pay their cell phone bills and they still need to buy food for their family. So how are people getting by and how are you helping? We have raised statewide almost 10,000 face masks. And then in Sullivan County, I've raised a little over 2,000 face masks. So we're in South Fallsburg right now at one of the food processing plants here of Sullivan County. And we are distributing masks to the food processing workers. We've given out over 100 so far today, um, working with one of my partners, Manuel, and then also our affiliate, Sandy Oxford, who comes with um, the Hudson Valley ALA. There's such a large number of people that are working, so we want to make sure that they're not just protected in here, but also out when they're doing groceries and stuff. So that's one of the main reasons that we're handing out the masks. Another is because they have had a really high percentage of infection rate here. And her name is Luz. She's a hardworking mom. She provides us with everything, basically. She... She's amazing. She's a, she's the best mom. Talk about the beginning of all of this situation, if you can, Luz. When was the first time you heard there was a, a, a COVID-19, a pandemic, a crisis, a problem? When it first started, when people started talking about the virus, I felt like we were far from getting it. But when the first cases started to appear in our city or places like Monticello, Liberty, Sanford, I stopped going out and only did what was necessary. I'd just leave to go to the supermarket. And then just remind us what work. kind of work um, you were doing, Luz. We'd roll up cheese sticks called stick-ups. We were 10 people working together at the same table. We were at least 30, 35 people working in a room that's only a little bigger than this one. And it was pretty dangerous. I don't think we should have kept on working because we're supposed to stand 
I don't know how many feet away from each other. They weren't respecting that measure. Anybody died? Yeah, one person. He was working here and unfortunately he died. Yeah. Did, did he die of COVID? Yeah. Yeah. So what are you raising funds? Uh, for his funeral. For his daughter. We hear from the management that everything is like a holiday in, 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 in this industry. And meanwhile, we're standing here and people are taking donations for their co-workers who have died here. Okay, so everything is not uh, a holiday camp inside these plants. I was just speaking with Sandra Oxford, director of the Hudson Valley Area Labor Federation. We'll hear more from her after the break. You're listening to COVID in the Country, our special co-produced with Sabrina Artel of Trailer Talk. COVID-19 hit rural and small town places differently, but no less dramatically than the pandemic hit cities. This week, we look at Sullivan County, just 100 miles from Wall Street. It's located in one of the nation's most rural congressional districts. Was being rural a pre-existing vulnerability? Sure, but also a source of strength, as we found. Please take a moment to subscribe to our newsletter at the newly updated website, lauraflanders.org. I think you're going to love it. Again, that's lauraflanders.org. Thanks. Next, while food processing and meatpacking workers were deemed essential as the pandemic struck, they weren't treated that way. My conversation with Sandy Oxford of the Hudson Valley Area Labor Federation continues, and we find out what happened to poultry plant workers in the early days of the pandemic. But first, here's Keep It Up by Ehuri, courtesy of the artist and Manoville Records. Feeling uptight, though everybody's telling me that everything's gonna be alright. Find the time for peace of mind, stop the grind, don't be blind, make it all Muchos me dicen que todo va a estar bien El cambio social es un cambio viral cuando todo está bien Nada está bien, aunque muchos me dicen que todo va a estar bien El cambio social es un cambio viral cuando todo está bien Got to make a move, take processing workers and poultry workers continue to work shoulder to shoulder. And the majority of workers that I'm talking about are workers that are in, for lack of a, of, of a better way to put it, have a variety of migration statuses. Not everybody has a legal status who works in this industry. Which makes it harder for them to know where to go for help? Yeah, and makes it harder for them to be eligible for help because if you are in the process of becoming legal or if you are not uh, fully documented, there's less access that you have to resources, despite being an essential worker. 
they believe that these are disposable workers and this and that and that these workers will continue to cross invisible borders to get into this country to make their crackers to make their foie gras to make their uh you know cornish hens and 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 to produce all of the the food that the essential workers have been forced to get up and do every day in the case of farm workers they're not even considered to be part of the economy sometimes very few people know about their working conditions their, their living conditions how they're treated some come from overseas to work here it's like a, like an invisible community you may not think of all of that when you think of Sullivan County you know people you know they know like the Woodstock site and and peace love and and and, and all of that is wonderful however what is being exacerbated in this pandemic is what everybody has tried to keep very quiet and very silent on and the pandemic has forced everybody to pull that curtain back and to look and now we have to see the reality of where we are Jen Metzger state senator for the 42nd district of New York representing the working families party a big change i get, uh, i would say in my work during this pandemic is i've been doing the legislative work but i've also really had to focus on the district and on just helping people day to day and getting information to them it's really been about directly helping constituents helping hospitals get supplies trying to get supplies to first responders it's really been kind of that crisis management and everyone is doing it right now aileen gunther assemblywoman and former nurse. I think there's going to be a lot of PTSD with nurses. I think that watching people die in those kinds of numbers every day is mind-boggling. I think people want to hear something else at this point. What's the plan? How do we go forward? You know, you come across a lot of people with a great heart. There are a lot of people out there more than you would ever know that just really care about people and what's happening and can we help? Gary Silver, president of the Liberty Rotary Club. Operation Feed uh, was, is a collaboration between the Liberty Rotary Club and the Monticello Rotary Club to basically both support local restaurants and also to thank the staff and the people at the hospital and other health facilities, uh, Mobile Medic, uh, Sullivan Public Health, to just thank them for all they're doing and try to support them by providing them with some meals. We pick at the hospital a different department or two a day that we feed twice a day. The restaurants are suffering. So by doing this, we make sure that they stay open. So when the world comes back to normal, if that ever happens, and if we ever were normal, then um, they'll be there for everybody to enjoy, and they can enjoy us, and we can enjoy them. Denise Frangipan, president of the board of directors of the Catskill Food Hub. We have people in school cafeterias that could stay at home. They're actually being paid to stay at home right now because it's safer, but they're safely, right, going to the school cafeteria and they're preparing breakfasts and lunches for school children. They're loading them into buses and they're delivering them to their front door or in their mailbox. Sarait Gonzalez, Program Director, Sullivan 180. You know, I remember the first day that it happened, I started crying and I'm gonna cry right now because, um, yeah, it really, uh, it's very moving to see that. Everyone coming together to make sure kids get what they need. So I'm very proud to say that I'm a lunch lady. 
So the food hub is was uh, created as a way to aggregate and distribute local farm products for, for Sullivan County and the Catskills in the region. And um, our nonprofit mission is to help grow the agricultural community in this area uh, by creating a connection between farmers and producers and the markets. So every week. After we go through our retail packout, once we see what we have left in inventory, still fresh, still viable product, just happens to be a little bit extra, then we work that into the program and we fill between 24, 24 or so boxes, some for individuals, some for families. And those are picked up by the Sullivan Fresh folks and distributed in the community. You know, I just can't sleep at night knowing that there's people out there that are starving. My people. I need to make a difference, whether it's donations, volunteer. There's so many organizations out there, so many great people that are doing such great things. And it just, I'm really fortunate and I'm happy to be a part of it. This is one of my favorite initiatives. I mean, it is exactly what I want to see everywhere <laughs> throughout our rural communities because it's about building the regional food system it's about building alternative supply chains where we feed ourselves by the middle of june new york state had flattened the curve on new coronavirus cases and progress was happening in sullivan county too the total number of positive cases stands at just over 1400 we've sustained 47 deaths People in the health department attribute their success to early attention, action, and advocacy on behalf of everyone who lives here. But the demographic data is hard to track, and there's talk of 20% budget cuts coming down the pike from the state and the federal government. So while people here are feeling pretty strong in their Sullivan Mutual Aid capacity, they're very clear about the systemic and structural challenges that remain. They can do a lot, and they've learned a lot, but they need help. They can't do everything that needs to be done in a rural county like this by themselves. What do you think people don't get about the concerns of a rural county like this one? And specifically, perhaps, its needs in a moment like this of the COVID-19 epidemic. You're frozen at my end. All right, let's just stop there for a second. I'm back. I'm back again. And we will be talking about broadband. In fact, we could say this was all put on just to show the problem. In rural areas that I represent where there are major gaps in broadband, this has meant that kids who are now supposed, their school's been closed and they're at home remote learning don't have access to the same resources that other kids do that do have that access. I've been making a lot of noise about this in the press for some time. The governor has been saying that, that broadband has been solved in New York State and has moved on. And we're saying, no, it hasn't. Come to Sullivan County. It has not been solved. Sabrina Artel, radio host, Trailer Talk. I believe that the intention is here. The goodwill is here. The dedication, the energy is here. But what we need is support. We need federal support. We need state support be, because already being modeled are incredible examples of how we can improve the quality of life from, let's say, everybody in this county. We're not going to say more people. Everybody. If we only have 78,000 people in this entire county, there is no reason why we cannot support the community. Sandra Oxford director, Hudson Valley Area Labor Federation. All of us here doing the humanitarian aid, 
we are doing it because, you know, that's our fabric. That's what we believe. I also believe that part of this mutual aid should be coming from the tops and the heads of these industries, the people who introduce these industries to the community and who are part of the power structure because the corporate power structure has something to contribute to this. They could be the single point of entry to help with the quarantining instructions to help with banding together to be sure that all their essential workers were able to capture the federal money that came through through the stimulus package for their childcare, which none of this was done. What would you like to reset? And do you see any seeds of that resetting in what is happening now, perhaps in how people and groups like yours are, are, are responding? I think that um, we learn that the community needs to be more united. Uh, we need to be more responsible with each other. The residents in our county or anywhere else who never pay attention to, you know, the formaggio cheese workers or, or, or the poultry workers, now they have been exposed to that and, and realize that, you know, these low-wage poor immigrants are a, a very important uh, factor in our economy and in our life, right? Rural and Meyer Ministries' efforts to seek the equality of farm workers, the backbone of our com- economy, under the New York late state labor laws, was a response to a 400-year racist exploitation of slave labor. For a brief moment in history, with the passage of the Farm Worker Fair Labor Practices Act in New York State, we were able to stand up against history and affirm one another as we brought about systematic change. Now, as the pandemic wreaks havoc across so much of the land, it also exposes the legacy of this long history and reminds us how much more needs to change. We are seeing new leadership emerging. We are seeing people who are standing in that gap where there is an absence of leadership. Juanita is one of those people. She is organizing people and is making us all very proud to be, you know, shoulder to shoulder, socially distanced with her. After this pandemic, I think that people are going to look at how much they take for granted their bonds with family and friends and just being able to be hand in hand with the rest of your community. We have to give the community a seat at the table. And it cannot just be that one little ceremonial seat that we get. Those days are over. You can no longer show up wearing a sombrero and eating an empanada and convincing me that you have my interest. It has to be relational. No more of this transactional garbage. We have to have this rooted in real relationships if we really respect and value community. We forget the power that we As a child of the 60s, we've been through this before, and I think that this community is going to keep meeting and marching and rallying until not people say the right thing, but until we see the right thing. It's our generation now to fight this fight for the next generation coming, which is my daughter. Black Lives Matter. That's it. Point blank period. I would like to see this moment and what's happening because of COVID-19 be the moment where we don't accept what was and we actually look what's ahead, what we could 
kind of use that's already being modeled in this rural community and say, okay, let's take some of this and let's come up with solutions that actually improve the quality of life, that improve the kind of society that we live in. For more on this week's special COVID in the Country co-produced with Trailer Talk Sabrina Artel, go to patreon.com forward slash the LF show. That's P-A-T-R-E-O-N.com forward slash the LF show. There you'll find our episode notes, related shows and articles. It's also where members have access to our series, The Story Behind the Story, where my crew and I give you some of our reflections on making the episode and where we invite you to engage with your questions and your thoughts. We'd love to hear from you. And if you're not a Patreon member yet, what are you waiting for? Membership starts at just $3 a month and it's invaluable to us as we keep this show free and available to all. This show is produced by yours truly, Laura Flanders, Matt Colicello, Jeremiah Cothran, Mercedes Gorstiaga, Jeannie Hopper, Nat Needham, David Newman, Rory O'Connor, Ryan Holtz, and Sabrina Artell. Major funding for this program is provided by the Novo, Tomcat, Cloud Mountain, Fonda, Park, Shift Tides, and the Poss Family Foundation, as well as listeners like you. Thanks for listening. Thanks for contributing. Thanks for your ideas. Stay kind. Stay curious. Till the next time, I'm Laura. <laughs>